Hello, good morning and welcome to the Heritage Man series here on 97.3 CTFM. My name is Kojo Boating. I'm talking to a man that I've been looking for for some time now. Uh, when it comes to history, when it comes to academia, he's one of the people you'd say is a titan or a colossus. Quite young, but very knowledgeable and respected in his field. Professor Harry N.K. Odamtem is my guest today. He's an assistant professor of African and Atlantic history at the Santa Clara University in California. Welcome to the Heritage Man series. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be here. So 2001, you completed the University of Ghana, Legon, and you have a dual PhD. You're an associate professor. Mm -hmm. Tell me about you. What, what, what did you study at Legon? Well, um, at Legon, I studied history with philosophy. Um, uh, history major philosophy as a minor mm. um, and um, wrote a dissertation on uh, the history of Christianity in Abokobi um, and uh, from there I um, applied to go to the Institute of African Studies at Legon. Um, uh, I attended one semester and then transferred to Michigan State University where as you read I pursued a dual PhD in, in the field of history and then in African American and African Studies as a uh, interdisciplinary field. Um, sometimes it's called black studies, sometimes it's called pan-African studies. But yeah, that's a, a field by itself. <coughs> so you, 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 you did work on Christianity in Abokovi. Yes. That, w that would revolve around the Presbyterians. The Basel missionaries. The Basel missionaries, yes. And the plantations they had there. Yeah. The Frederick's gave was also around that particular. Yes. It's still there. Yeah, so there, um, there are architectural evidence. There's architectural evidence of the presence of the Danes um, in that area, in places like Sesame mm -hmm. and Pumpu um, and, and other places um, around Abokobi. Um, but you also had the Swiss German Basel missionaries who arrived on the coast, um, and Andrea Rees who moved up to the Equapim area and actually ended up buying that plot of land that has now become very controversial. Yeah. Um, in that area, um, and then um, you also had uh, new converts, um, new Christian converts who um, were not having a good time with their family members in the areas that they found themselves and so some of them found themselves they, it was like a refuge a yeah. haven for those places but there were also people who were already living in the area from places um on the coast like la teshin and osu um those places were known as ngano which i, I don't know the ngano would be in the hinterland yeah so um those who lived on the coast had farms and other places in this place and, uh, and they went to go farm in those places and so um my maternal grandmother on my father's side um is is um connected to those set of families that um lived in abokobi so that's why i have a special interest there you know um i once had an interview with professor henry wellington yes about uh, his book stone Stell stories he's my uncle in law oh he's your uncle in law yes. i see his wife is my father's sister i see i see i see so you know the whole family then. <laughs> yes and then we, we 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 did a virtual tour on the map mm -hmm. and traced the route from the coast mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to Abokobi. Yes. And then he 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 mentioned the, the trees. Tree. <laughs> yes. He mentioned the trees yeah. that they planted all those trees mm-hmm. to give them shade whilst they journeyed from the coast to Abokobi and Abokobi uh, uh, back to the coast. Yes. So all these are evidence of the roots, the the life then, mm-hmm. and 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 what went on. Yes. Interesting stuff. So in 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 your bio, it also says that you have an interest in black studies, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Pan Africanism, hip hop, and public culture. Tell me about that. Well, so, um, I mean, we write these bios for people to <laughs> sort of understand what we do, um, but sometimes they are very cryptic and um, very summarized. So I, I would say that I have three three interests as, as a historian. I'm interested in intellectual and social history, which is one side. I'm interested in women and gender history uh, once on one side, and then I'm interested in public culture um, and hip-hop. Mm. Um, so those are my three f- fields of interest, um, and they are very wide um, in terms of what you can do in those fields. So um, in um, in um, Pan Africanism, I've published quite a lot on Pan Africanism. Um, I've published on um, the um, critical departures in, in in the history of Pan Africanism, which mm-hmm. is sort of a historical gauge at. What was Pan-Africanism then and what is it now? Yeah. Um, and uh, I've also published on um, the Pan-African ties between Ghana and the United States, looking at personalities like Kwame Nkrumah and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, even looked at Sergeant Ajete and others. Um, parallel stories um, in the U.S. and, and, and within a sociological framework, um, looking at... Um, what are some of the common features that you find in the black struggle worldwide? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've done as far as Pan-Africanism and intellectual history is concerned. My dissertation, uh, my PhD dissertation was a dual biography on um, Carl Christian Reindorf, mm-hmm. who was a, of Afro-Danish descent um, from Osu, Christian Bork, and happens to be who I call the doyen of uh, history, Ghan- yeah. Ghanaian history. Um, when he wrote the history of the Gold Coast and Ashanti in 1889. Um, and then the other personality that I wrote about was Edward Blyding. Mm-hmm. So Edward Blyding is the subject of my new book. Um, so Edward Blyding was someone who was born on the, um, what was then the Danish West Indies island of St. Thomas. It's now the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, um, but he was when he was, he was born there, um, as a free person, his parents had migrated from another island, a Dutch island by the name of St. Eustatius. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was born as a free person. Um, but at the same time, there were people who were on free um, in, in, in St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for those who are interested in how the book relates to Ghanaians, um, there, there were a lot of slave rebellions on these islands, these Danish West Indies islands, and some other islands. And a lot of those who participated in these rebellions we're were people of Gold Coast heritage. Yeah. So there were Ga, there were Akan, Achim, Ikuyapim, and so forth who participated in. And that's related to the history of the Gold Coast between the 1600s to the 1730s. Mm. Because what happens is that the Gars are in charge 
of the coast. They are ruling over the Akwemu. The Akwemu rebel. So whoever is in charge, it, it means that in the 1600s or the late 1600s, the Ga end up in enslavement. Yeah. When in the 1730s, when together with the Achim and other people, they kick the Akwemu beyond. Those. Yeah, beyond um, um, from this side of the the ridge yeah. to the other side then they are, some of the Akwemu also ended up in in enslavement so interesting stuff interesting so that would be the, the the sort of the connection to the gold coast but mm -hmm. anyway blighting um grows up in saint thomas uh, within a jewish community an afro uh, jewish community and then there are black people on the island obviously um he wants to attend college to make the, sh the story short he wants to attend college at Rutgers. He's not allowed on account of his race. At the same time, during this era, there's the Back to Africa movement in the United States. Yeah. Um, there are a, a number of groups that are interested in Africans returning or people of African descent returning back to the African continent. There are black people themselves who are interested. There are white people. And white people have their different motives. Mm -hmm. And black people have their different motives. But in any case, Blighting ends up coming to Liberia, which is um, under the auspices of the American Colonization Society, mm -hmm. and he spends the rest of his life in Africa. Of course, um, he gets his education, his high school education, and so forth, but he travels the world. He travels so many places. If you buy the book, which is coming out on August 1st, um, and anyone who's interested can see Kwekudaku and Cry, and he'll make sure you get a copy. Um, but in any case, he, um, he, he, he ends up in Liberia and becomes this global black intellectual. And I, I say that in the 19th century, there's no black intellectual that compares to Edward Blyding, 19th and early 20th century, because people often say that W.E.B. Du Bois is the, is the most influential black intellectual of the 20th century. But if he was in the 20th century, Blyding was in the 19th century. Why? One of the reasons, again, in connection to the Gold Coast is that he influenced people like J.E. Casely Hayford. Mm -hmm. So if you if you did a critical reading of uh, Casely Hayford's Ethiopia Unbound, there are certain sections where he talks about Blyding. Um, but when he wrote that book and he sent it to Blyding and Blyding wrote it, Blyding read it, Blyding wrote to him, that this has given me so much pleasure the more i read this book the more i see it's not your book but an inspiration meaning that casely hayford had gotten an inspiration for from blighting's writing in um <clears throat> in what became a book known as african life and customs um and it was the final sort of iteration of blighting's ideas and so forth um so in the book i call it edward woolmore blighting's intellectual transformations which is um, to show the different moments of transformations in Edward Blyding's intellectual life um, in challenging other people who've written about him and also um, to write about other less known aspects of his life. Mm. Yeah. You also mentioned Carl Randolph and for people who follow uh, football, mm. we, 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 we hear Carl Randolph mm. Park, Carl Randolph Park somewhere in Dansman, I believe. Uh, so, so, so that park was named after Carl Randolph because of his contribution Mm -hmm. to our race, our mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and what we are now. Yes. Well, I'm not sure exactly how the park came to be known as Carl Christian Randolph because he, he was never really associated with football mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, but I guess that it was an honor to him in terms of his contributions to Ghana history, the history of the Gold Coast, and so forth. Um, I, but I have a feeling that it's in, co it's in connection to his son, Dr. Uh, C. Randolph, who... 
um, played also played a, a, a huge part. He was a member of the National Congress of British West Africa. Mm -hmm. He was a member of some of these Aborigines rights protection societies and so forth and so on. Um, he, he was a, a you know a medical person as well, um, and he played a huge role. He actually became um, the Jasiche of the Gunstool. Um, so he, he had a he also had a critical role to play in the history of, of the Ghan peoples and so forth and so I guess that's where the connection comes from. But but Randolph is critical to our history because he's the first African, not Ghanaian, he's the first African to write a book in the modern era about African peoples. Proud to him, the only people who were writing about Africa were Europeans. And these people were writing basically travelogues. Well, a genre of writing that you would mm -hmm. call travelogues. Yeah. It's not things that they have steady, taking time to study, but they come to, let's say, Cape Coast for maybe two months, and they write about, I mean, maybe even less than two months, yeah. right? And they write about what they saw without having a historical context, social context for some of the things that they saw. So what they end up doing is they wrote erroneously. You know, we have a proverb in Ga and also in, in Chi where we say, Ahoy. Um, any akese mm -hmm. uh, and so, so on. Uh -huh. So that's that's the uh, sort of the context. And so when Randolph writes in 1889, it's a challenge to these European travelers. And he does write in 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 his in, in introduction that you know this is sort of a challenge to some of these European writings that we we have our own histories. We can write our own histories and so forth. And then there was also the methodological part that he 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 sort of brings in terms of the collection of the narratives, in terms of the use of language, in terms of um, writing in book Ga. So he, the, the, the first book that he actually wrote was in Ga. And then he wrote in English, mm. which was published uh, later by the Basel Mission. And he was an activist in the sense that he published it himself. It was something that he financed himself in 1889. That's that's very difficult to do. And he published the book in Ga. Yes, he bought, he has a, the Ga version, and then he have the the English version. Maybe one of these days we should have a, 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 a bigger conversation about Ga history when it comes to um, um, writings, mm. because this is the first time I'm hearing anybody tell me um, somebody published a book at that time in yeah. Ga. Yeah. Um, had the Ga, um, how do I put it? Alphabets been been created oh yes how and, and and there were institutions teaching ga well or, or, or how how was it like so um in terms of the ga language that brings me to another afro danish intellectual by the name of christian protein mm -hmm. christian protein had a danish father and a ga dangby mother he's in fact christian protein is the great 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 grandson of dodi akabi and Mampon Okai, mm -hmm. and he's the grandson of Okaikwe. These are all kings. Yeah. Um, in um, so his mother was a was a uh, daughter of Okaikwe. Um, but anyway, she gets she marries a, a Danish person, and they have Christian Protein, who's born on the coast. Christian Protein goes to Denmark and other places. He goes to Henhart and other places um, in the German Dutch areas. Becomes very uh, prolific. Um, as a writer and as sort of somebody who writes about the guy, he actually goes to the Danish West Indies too. Um, but um, the, his significance in terms of Ga language is that he's the first person to attempt to do a translation. He actually writes the um, the uh, the Bible. Um, how do you say it? Uh, 
Uh, our Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Our Lord's he writes there our Lord's Prayer in Ga. Yes. And then he attempts um not that he attempts, he actually writes uh Fanti and Ga um translations and so forth. And that's the Ga and Fanti alphabets. So that's how significant he was coming out of that sort of um uh what we call in Ga Mulatofui yeah. or in um Afro Danish, some say Euro African, but I prefer Afro European. Um uh coming of out of that enclave um on on the gold coast so that's why how significant he is after him you have german missionaries um zimmerman um who also then writes about the ga language and sort of comes up with the alphabets and 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 translation of setting words he does the same for uh tree a country um and others so rindorf comes rindorf is actually zimmerman was actually one of rindorf's mentors right um first he goes to the school and he's not too enthused because zimmerman is trying to teach them in guy and he doesn't appreciate it so he leaves to go and do training but his father brings him back he goes to the basel mission becomes a, a reverend himself and um, um begins to write history he's actually a history teacher at places like abokobi and the um seminary up in uh, the mountains um so that's that's how how significant so it comes out of the um the Basel missionaries actually ideology in terms of they wanting if we're going to missionize these group of people we're going to have to understand their language all right so Christola there's a the acrophy well the, yeah so Christola uh, so they all come out of that sort of those institutions um in terms of um understanding the languages of of african peoples in order to be able to communicate do that, communicate and do the missionary work mm -hmm. and so that's where you have the english um the translations into tree into ga um of the bible the hymn books and 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 so forth they all come out of that that um new class of early students who studied with zimmerman christola and others um so forth yeah this is the heritage month series my guest today is professor Harry Ni Kone Odamtem. Yeah, he is with the University of Santa Clara in the United States. I just asked him to introduce himself and ask a few things about what he does and what pushed him. And we've had two different or three different historical um, 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 journeys with him on language, on the kings, and on the development of. Um, of, of the Presbyterian Church or the Basel Ministry mm -hmm. on, on Afro-Europeanism mm -hmm. and all these things. Mm -hmm. But the main t topic I'm going to discuss with him is about the Ga people. And we want to understand the story of Queen Akaibi. You, you know that in the Ga system, just like in some of our other um, areas, kings and queens are key. And from previous conversations that we've had on the Heritage Month, we, we were made to understand that the Ga as a people in the earlier stages did not have kings or queens or any traditional rulers for that matter. They were made, they were, they were led by the Wulome. Today we want to understand a bit more about the Ga governorship, if I should put it that way, and come all the way to the story of Queen Akaibi. So tell me about the Ga people and tell me about how they organize themselves to be the Ghana people we know today. And then give us that story of Queen Akaibi because there are so many myths about her 
that she was buried, she was thrown into the sea, she disappeared, she did this, she did that. Take us through all that. Well, um, I, it's an interesting, let's, she's not a queen. She was king. She was a female king of the Gan people. And that's what I should, she, she was not a queen and she could not have been queen for a variety of reasons. Um, but um, Dode Akabi um, is the ruler that comes after Mampongkai, or as people would style him, Ula uh, Mampongkai. Um, and then before Ula Mampongkai, there were, um, there was Aite, um, there, there was Aikushi. Uh, Aikushi was the first one who, um, as I, if you hear any Ga stories, they talk about the migrations of the Ga people in within and about the Volta Basin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would go as far as um, the Dangbe areas and so forth and so on, and whether they they came from how they came from the east. And so there are two stories or there are two uh, oral traditions that some of the Ga came by came by sea and others came by land. Um, but in any case, um, the, the claim is that the claim is that the guys who came overland came with their leaders as priests. Um, so these were who became the Wulome. And so if you go from Nungwa all the way down, um, you see the traditional role that some of these Wulome um, have have played in the in the early history of. G- However. People talk about the encounter with the Akan um, as then introducing Akan-style chieftaincies and so forth to the Ga people. And the argument that I make against it, and um, Kwekuda Kwankra and others know um, my argument, the argument that I make, I make against it is that by the time the Ga state was in operation, Ashanti had not risen as a state, right? Um, the Achim were not a state. What we know now know as the Achim, when it doesn't mean that they didn't exist, but they were not a state in the in the sense they were of a state. were not as organized yeah. and fortified <laughs> yes. as current. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the only Akan state that you can think about is the Bono, right? Um, from where you the Fantis would 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 migrate from Tichiman and so forth, and that's very far from where the Ga are in Aya, Ayawaso, um, which is the original Ga state. Okay. So what we now know as Accra was little Accra. Mm-hmm. Big Accra was up in the mountains, in Sawam, Ayawaso, others. And then the, the boundaries of the Ghan state was at a place known as Abonse. Uh, Kweku just recently did a, um, some um, interviews um, there. All right. And now the Ghan were ruling over the Akwemu. The evidence of that is that the Akwemu prince was living with the Ghan king, Okaikwe, at the time that the Akwemu uh, would rebel against the the guy and overthrow overthrow the guy sort of uh, rule over them. So the point that I make is, if Ga, if the Ga state was already in operation before the rise of all of these Akan states, they could not have learned from these Akan states. They could not have learned their traditions. They could not have learned the rules of chieftaincy and all of that from these people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, but that does not mean that they were not influenced, right? So that the point that I make, I, 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 I like for us to look at it from a point of view of a dynamic exchange that existed between the Ga, the Guan, right? The Guan like the Efutu mm-hmm. or Awutu mm-hmm. or what's the other name? 
Awutu, Efutu, uh, yeah, you know. These were the people that the guy encountered. In fact, the guy in their migrations talk about the fact that they migrated with the Obutu people. All right, there are other there and there's evidence of that in places like Aprade mm -hmm. and other places where the, some of the Autu and Obutu kings are buried and so forth. You see evidence of their migration with the Ga people. So they they are they are known as co-migrants of the Ga, mm -hmm. right? And so what happens is that there are other people that are in these areas right on the coast and other places that were what we, we we call the indigenous peoples of the land and most of them almost all of them are guan peoples from here all the way up to the north <laughs> right and they speak what we call in what they call in linguistics mutually intelligible languages so that the the the, the Utu that is spoken up in the north has some um semantic syntactic um similarities to the ones that are spoken in places like Simpa and other places, that is Winneba and other places, right? And so you see there's some some structural similarities in the languages that are spoken. Mm -hmm. But the people who, I argue that the, the people who influence the Ghan the most are the Guans. Because when the Ghans migrate into the area and they quote-unquote conquer in Tamari um, and have all of these dynamic exchanges with the Guan, they take up the Guan um religious traditions they take up their cultures and so forth and so what we are talking about influences i'll talk about the guan more than even akan mm. and i'm not saying that there are no akan influences there are akan influences but if, but you, if, you, if you look at the the, the gas state right now and some of the names mm. a lot of akan names run through that's evidence of the the encounters so 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 those were later encounters with the akan and no the influences the or, 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 or those names because those names are not originally gone the, the names are the names are evidence of the encounters that the gun have with the guan and the akan okay all right and then also because of the interaction so Accra is for example Accra is not a gun word yeah Accra comes from the fancy word in krang right um and so invariably sometimes it's not what you call yourself, but what people call, call you, you that becomes yeah. your name. Um, so in the same way, when the guns interacted with other people, they they sort of introduced themselves in the ways that others introduced them. So, um, and then you also have things like intermarriage and so forth. So you have somebody like uh, Mampong Okain, mm -hmm. right? He's born to a grandfather, obviously, but the name suggests that he might have had a grandmother yeah. who came from Mampong or he was born in Mampong or something. So, so, so the Mampong could be an address exactly, or a link yes. to a mother or where he was born where or he was even born. where he grew up. Where, where he grew up and, and, and so forth. And so there, there are all of those connections, right? So if you look at the names, there are also the day names that we use. So like for me, for example, my traditional name, if there was no Christianity, there was no English names, I would have been called Nikon Kwami. So it doesn't make me Akan. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? It just means that we've adopted a system, right, from the Akan side to add on to our names because what we do is that we name intergenerationally. Mm -hmm. I'm named after my grandfather's generation. My father's my father is named after his grandfather's generation. So we have that system and we've added the Akan to it. So it's sort of an exchange, a dynamic exchange between the Ga, the Guan, and the Akan, and, that, and that's why you have those types of names. Mm. Yeah. Now you were telling us earlier about how the, those who came by land were led by Wulome, and the, those who came by sea were also led by their own kind of formation or structure. Yeah. 
and how Dodiakaibi uh, was not a queen, but, but a king. king. Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so this is what happened. The, 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 some people arrive on the coast and they go inland mm -hmm. to where what became the Ghana capital in Ayawaso mm -hmm. or Ayaso. Um, when they it it was so the the political system arrived in the uh, the political system really evolved in Ayawaso. But before that, you also have the, the Wulome, which is the Nai Wulomo, and other Wulome on the coast. It will be the Sakumo Wulomo and other Riverian uh, sea um, deities and so forth. So these were the, the caretakers for these deities, right? So the Wulomo of Nai, which is the sea. Now, if you look at Ga cosmology, the Nai has children. So, so I don't want to say anything that any Ghana traditional person will come and accuse me of because the there are current political, you know, contest mm -hmm. about who is senior, even within the Wulomo system and who can enthrone who and who. So I don't want to say anything that. But that Nai has children, you know, within the Ghana cosmology. Nai's children are some of the rivers, the mm -hmm. other rivers, and and then so forth and so on. So all of that sort of system exists, right? Um, and then you have the political system evolve in Ayawaso, which is Big Accra. So it was like Ayawaso was facing north, not facing south. Mm -hmm. So everything is in terms of our interaction with the other side, with the Akan states and, and uh, others. Well, there was also the sort of the western, eastern encounters mm -hmm. uh, between the Ga and the Ewe, uh and then the guy and the Fanti and so forth. And so, but the interactions were centered in Ayaso. The coast, you have the Wulome, um, who who held some type of power mm -hmm. in terms of ritual power. They they held ritual power, and the demands of their their quote unquote profession do not allow them setting interactions, particularly the kind that you find in in, in politics. Mm -hmm. So that was left to the. Um, to the to the kings or the chiefs that um, that evolved in Ayawaso and so forth. Now, when you look at the doc the the, the documents, you see um, that the the Accra kings, that is the kings in Ayawaso, also paid some type of not allegiance but pay respect to those on there. Um, there's a there's a document. Um, that shows how the Christian Bot Castle was built, okay, and it shows the Portuguese and the Danish and the Dutch paying some amount of money to the Ga kings in order to be able to build. But they don't just pay that money to Mampongkai or Okankwe; they also pay money to the Wulome, right? So it shows you the extent to which they had authority on the coast and so forth right and so what you have is a dual system that evolves right and sometimes when we talk about this people often think that um it is something that evolved today but it took several processes and so forth there's uh, a book that i studied when i was a graduate student called the social construction of reality um by berger and lachman and and what that essentially says is that what our current social relations are did not just develop, but they, they developed through um, series of things of human relations and then they became institutionalized. And so that sort of relationship between the Wulomai and the kings 
developed over time and then became institutionalized. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting stuff. Mm. Mm. My guest is Professor Harry Odamtem. We are talking about the GA and we are trying to understand a few things. If you just tuned in, this is the City um, Heritage Month. Ni Kone Jato Kwame Odamtem. Correct. Yes. From <laughs> Santa Clara University. It's been great talking to you. Maybe we should talk about hip hop the next time. Yes. Find you. Let's yeah. talk about hip hop. Let's drill down into hip life. Let's look at the influences. And, 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 and let's connect to our music history as well yes. uh, very soon. And we should also explore talking about um, our written languages and how we developed our languages and mm. why it's important to pay attention to our local languages as well.